Welcome listeners to the Overlook Podcast, which is one of the podcasts that is produced by Tunuka Media. I'm your host, Yemi, and every week I bring you Overlook stories from all over the world. The world is a vast and diverse place, so these stories will include the good, the bad, and the weird. Be sure to come back each week, share the podcast with your friends, and hit the magic subscribe button. To get regular updates on the show and what we're up to, connect with Tunuka Media on social media. Your support is priceless, so don't forget to give a like or a high rating wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Now, it's time for this week's episode. Hi, welcome to new listeners and welcome back if you have not been here before. Our highlight story is about a pretty cute and fairly unique puppy. My favorite story this week concerns recent reports that video game play had a small but positive correlation with well-being. In addition, we'll discuss how Norway plans to no longer punish people for small quantities of drugs, how scientists at Yale use stem cells to seemingly repair spinal cords, and an update on the ongoing crisis in Tigray, Ethiopia. So... Let's get right into the stories for this week. Employees at Israel's National Sea Turtle Rescue Center are treating endangered green sea turtles affected by a devastating oil spill that has coated Israel's coasts with thin black tar. An Israeli court has currently banned the publication of all details of the investigation related to the oil spill. However, Israel's Nature and Parks Authority has called the spill one of the country's worst ecological disasters on record. The spill coated most of Israel's 120 miles or 195 kilometers of Mediterranean coastline with sticky tar. It has caused extensive damage to wildlife, including sea turtles. Workers at the Sea Turtle Rescue Center in Michmoret, North of Tel Aviv have been removing the toxic substances from the airways of 11 reptiles and found a creative way to flush it out of their digestive tracts using a substance that is like mayonnaise or like mayo, depending on how you pronounce it. A lot of the articles that I read for this story had the substance lost in translation. In the initial article from Associated Press, it says that the substance was like mayonnaise But in a lot of reports, it says the substance is mayonnaise. So I think I'm just going to go with Associated Press and you can read the rest through the link in bio. Anyway, while the government has prevented the publication of details, Life Science reported about the mysterious toxic tar balls across Israel's coastline sometime in mid-February. Norway has now put plans in place to decriminalize the personal use of illicit drugs in small quantities citing recommendations from the United Nations and the World Health Organization. While the act itself will remain illegal, it will not be criminally punishable because responsibility will shift from the justice sector to the health services sector. The proposed law has created some controversy from opposition parties. Norway's central party, for example, warns that the law could lead to more drug use and not less. This issue is likely to become more prominent as the country approaches the parliamentary elections to be held later this year. And depending on when you're listening, this year refers to 2021. Mount Etna has erupted four times in the last six days. The mountain is on the Italian island of Sicily 
and is one of the most active volcanoes in the world. It had actually been largely dormant for the last two years. No significant damage or injuries were reported during the recent outburst, and officials have said that they do not think that there is an immediate danger of any escalation. But molten hot lava aside, the pictures have been spectacular, and that is essentially why I included it in this week's episode, just so you can go and look at the pictures. They are actually pretty pretty. Mount Etna is the highest active volcano in Europe based on elevation. Its top elevation is around 10,900 feet or 3,320 meters. So there is a fun fact for you. Spinal cord injuries are sustained by hundreds of thousands of people every single year. Many patients experience a significant and often permanent loss of movement and physical sensation due to nerve damage. Apart from the intensive physical rehabilitation programs that most people will go through, which may or may not help out, most people with these kinds of injuries have been left with little or no hope. However, there are new results from a phase 2 clinical trial that now offers fresh hope. In a collaborative experiment between scientists in Japan and the United States, 13 patients with spinal cord injuries showed a range of improvements in their functions after being treated with intravenous infusion or infusion through the veins of their own stem cells, which were taken from their bone marrow. The stem cells in question are called mesenchymal stem cells, which are multipotent adult stem cells. And... Multipotent means that the stem cells can develop into more than one cell type and it enables them to repair bone, cartilage, muscle, or fat tissue. According to Science Daily, more than half of the patients experience substantial improvements in key functions, such as the ability to walk or to use their hands, and those improvements were observed within weeks of the stem cells injection. The researchers did not observe substantial side effects. There were only 13 patients in the trial. So while the researchers acknowledge that it was a small trial with various limitations, including the possibility that the recoveries seen may have been somewhat spontaneous, they argue that the results show promise and is worthy of a larger study with even more patients. Hopefully, future research can take the study to the next level just so that it can benefit more and more people. And this story is wacky, weird, and cute. (laughs) Just listen. Vets at the Neal Veterinary Hospital in Oklahoma said a puppy believed to be the first ever to be born alive with six legs is beating the odds of surviving and thriving. Yes, you heard that right. The puppy has six legs. The puppy who has been named Skipper was born with a single head and chest cavity, but she has six legs, two tails, two pelvic regions, two lower urinary tract, and two reproductive systems. The hospital believes that Skipper is the first canine with six legs to be born alive, and despite some signs of spinal bifida, her organs appear to be in great shape. According to the Facebook post, all of her legs move and respond to stimulus just like a normal puppy. It is also possible that she might need physical therapy and assistance with mobility as she grows older. The vet said that she's doing well and she's at home now. And if you haven't yet, take a look at the episode cover. She is so cute. 
As a gamer, this story made me happy. At least a little bit. In a first-of-its-kind study from Oxford University, scientists have investigated the relationship between well-being and time spent playing video games using new industry data from two popular video games. The surprising findings revealed a small, positive correlation between longer playtimes and positive well-being. The research began in the year 2019 with the Oxford team discussing collaborative opportunities with several major gaming companies. One of the general goals was to conduct a correlational study using objective playtime data as opposed to the traditional self-reported data used in prior research. Players of the two games, Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville and Animal Crossing New Horizons, were invited to opt in to the research. And alongside objective telemetry data, they completed surveys asking about emotional well-being and motivations for gaming. Over 3,000 players ultimately contributed to the study and the results surprised the research team. Andrew Prybrisky, one of the researchers on the project, says the data his research gathered suggests that when thinking about how video games can influence well-being, it may be less important to consider how long one is playing a game and more relevant to ask why one is playing a game. The new study was published in the Journal of Royal Society Open Science. Since we published the third episode of season two, a lot has happened in the Tigray province of Ethiopia. At the four minute and 59 second mark of that episode, we go into the United Nations allegations of sexual assault in Ethiopia's Tigray conflict. If you listen to the last coverage, you'll notice that I'm pronouncing Tigray slightly differently. That is because I have since come to learn the proper pronunciation after meeting people from the region on social media, specifically on Clubhouse. So apologies for the mispronunciation in the earlier episode. For a quick recap, the conflict was kicked off in late 2020 when the Tigray People's Liberation Front, or TPLF, held its election in defiance of a federal government directive to postpone all national polls in light of the pandemic. Subsequently, the federal government cut funding to the region, declared the elections unlawful, and started a military confrontation in Tigray after claiming that its military base had been attacked. The episode focused on the humanitarian side, specifically the concerns raised around sexual assault and gender-based violence. As an update, the crisis has now escalated and more reports have come out that details what has been going on. Without going into a significant amount of detail, the crisis in Tigray is now being widely reported as genocide. For those who do not know what genocide means, genocide is the deliberate killing of people within a particular ethnic group with the aim of destroying and wiping them out. As usual, you can find the relevant sources for all the information discussed in this episode through the link in the episode show notes. The allegations of genocide have become more and more pronounced. For example, CNN recently published a report in which they interviewed 12 eyewitnesses, more than 20 relatives of survivors, and photographic evidence to shed light on what happened in November 2020. In addition to the UN reports that was discussed in our earlier episode, the CNN reports documents methodical attacks on civilians of all ages and genders. According to CNN, the initial attack reportedly started at an Orthodox church, but continued door to door. 
If you choose to read this or any other reports that I reference, understand that some of the information being shared is not suitable for all audiences. So please read at your own discretion. Tens of thousands of people are now believed to have been killed, missing, or hiding in refuge since November, despite the Ethiopian Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed maintaining that no civilians were harmed. Notably, despite eyewitness accounts seeing soldiers from neighboring Eritrea, the Ethiopian Prime Minister denied that there were soldiers from Eritrea present. There have been other reports from Amnesty International, The New York Times, and a few others that go into details about issues that range from the humanitarian crisis to the economic crisis. The UN has also called on Ethiopia to allow humanitarian access into the region. A look inside Ethiopia is muddy at best. The government has restricted access of independent international journalists and has also restricted the delivery and distribution of aid. Omna Tigray is an organization that was founded by a collective of international Tigrayan professionals from various backgrounds in response to the Tigray crisis. The website omnatigray.com is consolidating news and updates on the crisis, so would be a pretty good resource for anyone that is interested in following the issue. So it will be a pretty good resource for anyone that is interested in following the issue. The website also has additional links on resources and how you can help amplify the voices of and support the people of Tigray. Again, the website is omnatigray.com. That is O-M-N-A-T-I-G-R-A-Y.com. And I encourage you to visit the website and learn more. Aaron Epstein is an absolutely epic 90-year-old human. And here's why. Mr. Epstein had been an AT&T customer since the year 1960 and started having issues with his internet speed over the last five years when internet streaming services became more widely available. According to him, the internet he was paying for did not quite match the speed that he was receiving. It wasn't even enough to stream Netflix without buffering issues. He had apparently been calling the company for faster service but was told it was not yet available in his area. He also did not want to change providers because he was concerned about having to change his phone number and email address. Faced with the proverbial rock and a hard place, what did Mr. Epstein do? Well, he took out two ads in the Wall Street Journal to vent and call out AT&T. He said in part, Your competitors now have speeds of over 200 MBS. Why is AT&T, a leading communications company, treating us so shabbily in North Hollywood? Hmm? <laughs> the day the ads ran, Mr. Epstein said that he received a call from Mr. John T. Stankey, who is the chief executive officer at AT&T, to ask how the situation could be resolved. Not too long after, two AT&T technicians arrived at his home to set up faster internet speed. Some people actually praised him for what he did, while others criticized him over the hefty price he paid for the ads. Talk about using a sledgehammer to crack a nut. But hey, it got the job done, right? So what do you think? Overkill or absolutely worth it? With that, we are wrapping up the episode for this week. So in case I don't hear from you over on our Instagram page, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Have a good week.
Thank you for listening. Don't forget to tune in every week for a new episode. Overlooked is a Tunica Media production, which also includes shows like Africa in My Kitchen with more on the way. So follow Tunica Media on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter to be in the loop. Until next time, have yourself a great week ahead.